Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. So it was a weekend for the favorites. Well, maybe not. Maybe there were two upsets. Right, Buffalo beats Miami 34-31. That was almost an upset. San Francisco over Seattle, 41-23. But the Giants, late last night, taking out the Minnesota Vikings, 31-24. The Jacksonville Jaguars with the comeback. That's right. The Jacksonville Jaguars are moving on in the playoffs. 31-30 over the L.A. Chargers. It's the San Diego Chargers. This is so ridiculous. And then the Bengals holding off the Ravens. 24-17. It was actually, it was a good night of football. But the Colts were nowhere to be seen. That's all right. The Pacers have been nowhere to be seen in the last three games. And as for IU basketball, well, I don't quite know what to say. The good win over Wisconsin to end a three-game losing skid. Tony Katz, good to be with you. JMV joins us right now, 93.5-1075, the fan. Let's start with uh, that IU basketball team. The win over Wisconsin, 63-45. Nice to see him get a, a, a win. Um, what was different about this team after a three-game losing skid? Yeah, Tony, there's no question. That was a game they absolutely had to have. And if you go back to the second half of the Iowa game, three games prior, and then those two in between, Northwestern at home and Penn State this past Wednesday, they needed a great defensive effort, and especially from the start. I had uh, former Big Ten Player of the Year, NBA Air, played at IU, Brian Evans, on my show last week, and he said, listen, first five minutes for this IU team, every half, that is what is going to matter, and it did. It did defensively because their defense had been non-existent. They locked in against Wisconsin, and they really didn't run away, Tony, early to get out to a big lead. I mean, it was kind of like Wisconsin and IU, a grinding basketball game on Saturday afternoon. But you could tell there was a different feel, a different juice, and then there was a different outcome from the way that IU started out and then continued to hold that course defensively. They got into Wisconsin – They played about as well as we have defensively seen them play in a long time, and that, by measure, to me, uh, helped them withstand and then get a win that was absolutely necessary considering the past three games. Does this victory change their course as they take on Illinois on Thursday? Well, it it could. I'm not going to suggest sitting here right now, Tony, it's going to because we have to see a little bit more of a consistent level of play like that from them. And, and frankly, they get a lot of juice from that home crowd down in Bloomington on Saturday too. But, yeah, you can. Defense, we always kind of make fun of it as, well, you know, this is a great defensive team, and I'd much rather play offense than defense. I think all of us would. But, man, it is a major component for an IU team that's missing two major pieces in Xavier Johnson, the guard, and Race Thompson, uh, their forward, their six-year player, uh, both out for an extended period of time. 
And basically, IU Tony has like two players. They have two players that anybody will fear, and then everybody else has to kind of factor in in their own way. And that's what you're going to have to see. Guys from that bench, guys that are in a supporting role, step up beyond Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Hood Shafino. And that's what they're going to have beyond the defense to have an outcome like they did coming up on Saturday. So I don't know if they're going to be able to sustain it, but at least they got themselves in a position where they know what they have to do, especially on the defensive end, to get themselves a win against the top 25 team. That's what they did on Saturday. Let's move it over to the pro ranks where the Pacers, um, I they, they, they lose to the Knicks there in New York. They lose uh, to the Hawks at home. And if I see any more highlights from the Grizzlies just pounding, uh, the, abusing the Pacers, I- I'm going to be sickened. Uh, one, two, three, yeah, that, that, that's a three-game skid for them as well. What's going on here? Well, I mean, without both uh, Tyrus Halliburton and Miles Turner, that's a big deal for this team. And Tony, this team doesn't have a great deal of margin for error. You know, they have been spectacular to watch so far, fun, enjoyable, um, well beyond where we thought they were going to be this season. They're ahead of schedule, don't get me wrong. But when you take the two major components out of their lineup, as we've seen since you mentioned going back to that Knicks game, or at least uh, from the third quarter on when Halliburton got injured in that Knicks game, this is just not the same. And you really saw that against one of the league's most talented in Memphis in here on Saturday. I mean, they just took off and ran. They dictated tempo. They did whatever they wanted to. One of the best players in the NBA is John Morant. He showed that. But one of the best supporting casts in the NBA as well with a lot of Hoosier flavor, Hoosier State flavor uh, on that particular roster. And the Pacers don't have nearly enough, especially without Halliburton and Turner. And, Tony, this is an interesting time because they're going to start today in the afternoon in Milwaukee, we obviously know that's going to be a tough test for them. We'll see if Miles Turner at least comes back. But there's no Halliburton for the better part of the next week and a half, and they're going to go have to go out west. I know they have Denver on the schedule coming up. This is going to be tough. This losing skid may get longer as they continue to play without Tyrese Halliburton because he is the deal. That's what you start with on this basketball team, and he has been sorely missed. In the NFL, I thought it was actually a good uh, couple of days of, of football. Uh, certainly the, the Bills-Dolphins game, the Dolphins kept it closer than anybody uh, thought uh, possible. The Giants being able to pull it out uh, over Minnesota, another uh, great opportunity. Uh, but none of it matters. What matters is who's our coach and who's our general manager over here in with the Indianapolis football Colts. So uh, who's our coach and who's our general manager? Well, I, I know this. Uh, if your reports are right, that Jim Irsay likes Jeff Saturday. Uh, if Jim Irsay has the uh, the final decision, which I'm sure he will, Jeff Saturday is going to play a role. Uh, they have brought in a number of interviews and coaching candidates from defensive coordinator of the Rams, Raheem Morris, uh, to uh, Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator of the Lions. Uh, they brought in uh, Aaron Glenn, who is the defensive coordinator of the Lions. So, yeah, they brought in a variety of people that they have talked to. Eric Bieniemy, who is the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. But this is all going to come down, I think, to uh, the Jim Irsay decision. And we'll see if he holds true with Saturday. I think I'm living in a world of a pipe dream of Jim Harbaugh because we've heard very little on that front, which is surprising. You know, maybe there was something a little bit later on. Chris Ballard did say last week that he didn't care if this coaching search led into the month of February. So 
you know, maybe there's still a little bit of hope for those like me that want to see Jim Harbaugh here, but nothing as of yet. And then there is a trade rumor out there where I think it was Dave Kaplan from Chicago suggested that the Colts are putting together a package, including Michael Pittman Jr., maybe another active player on their roster right now, and a myriad of picks to try to secure the number one overall selection. And apparently, by reports, the Colts so far like Will Levis out of Kentucky. I don't know if I buy that. And I, I'm not giving Will Levis. And all and all of this, wait a second, is because yeah. the yeah. we're going to find out today, right? Or have we found out C.J. Stroud over there at Ohio yeah. State might be coming back for another year because he's going to get a name, image, likeness contract, an NIL contract that's going to pay him huge. Yeah, that could happen, Tony. It could. It very well could. That's a rumor. Since Friday that has started, and certainly we have talked about that could happen. I don't know if any of this is true. I mean, we haven't gone through a combine, haven't gone through pro days or anything yet. I would think that maybe you could give, and this all depends on C.J. Stroud, Tony. If C.J. Stroud goes back to Ohio State, then Will Levis moves up probably a mark, and maybe you can't get him any longer at four. If Stroud stays in, you can probably, if you like Levis, get him at four. But if Stroud goes back to college, then maybe that moves the quarterback hierarchy up a little bit. You can't get him at four, and you have to trade up for him. That's going to be an interesting component of what we see. But we're going to have a lot of rumors like this as we move forward here, Tony, into this offseason, especially that number one overall selection, knowing what the Colts, among other teams, need at right. the quarterback position. JMV, appreciate you taking the time to be with us.